Joe Biden thought that he'd wipe away the national disgrace of his Afghan withdrawal by addressing the nation with an angry and hectoring tone today. We reached out 19 times to Americans in Afghanistan with multiple warnings. The decision to end the military lift operations at Kabul airport was based on the unanimous recommendation of my civilian and military advisors. Their recommendation was that the safest way to secure the passage of the remaining Americans and others out of the country was not to continue with 6,000 troops on the ground in harm's way in Kabul, but rather to get them out through non-military means. Less than two weeks ago, Biden said we'd stay until every American got out of the country. But today, he claimed leaving 10% behind was a win. The bottom line, 90% of Americans in Afghanistan who wanted to leave were able to leave. Secretary of State Blinken is leading the continued diplomatic efforts to ensure safe passage for any American who wants to leave Afghanistan. Joe Biden thought he would reverse the public's growing distrust of his presidency with bragging and meaningless counterfactuals. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Here's an interesting observation slash theory. The slogans they yell the loudest are the ones they believe the least. We've been noticing that recently. Volume is inversely proportional to sincerity. Maybe you scream it because you don't really believe it. Why do we think this? Well, here's why. The very same people who've told us for decades now that it's my body, my choice, and seem to mean it when they said it, those same people abandoned their own argument immediately when COVID arrived. Suddenly, on a dime, they turned and they were demanding that we wear the mask and get the shot. But these were not optional suggestions. They weren't deeply personal decisions to be made according to the dictates of individual conscience after consulting with family, physicians, and clergy. They weren't between you, your doctor, and God. No, not at all. These were mandates. All of a sudden, Democrats were arguing that actually politicians do get to decide what you do with your body. It's their choice, not yours. Inject these powerful drugs whether you want to or not because we own you. reckless abandonment of Americans, his never-ending blame game. He's the author of a massive bestseller, now a million sold, American Marxism, now the seventh straight week in a row, number one, Mark just told me. Uh, he's the host of Life, Liberty, Levin, and nationally syndicated radio host, and also one of my best friends. Great one. You know, I say at the end of the show, Mark, I say, let not your heart be troubled. My heart is aching. And, and I have like a five alarm fire, all these alarms going off in my head about how dangerous this is for hundreds and hundreds of our fellow Americans, the exact number of which nobody knows, where they are nobody knows, and all of it completely preventable and unnecessary. This president abandoned the mark. He abandoned our fellow Americans. First, I want to talk to General Milley. General Milley, I have this hanging on my office hall. You know who this is? This is George S. Patton. You are no George S. Patton, General Milley. How many Anne Franks are there tonight 
in Afghanistan, how many Anne Franks are hiding in cellars all across that country today? I want to talk about the people left behind, not the 124,000 who've been evacuated to safety. I want to talk about the millions who now have had genocide unleashed upon them. And before Joe Biden became president of the United States, we're living mostly in peace and mostly in safety in what was a neutralized Afghanistan with a minimal American military footprint. I want to read something. I never do this. I went back to Dwight Eisenhower's book, Crusade in Europe, when he went to the death camps. He said, the same day, April 12, 1945, I saw my first horror camp. It was near the town of Gotha. I've never felt able to describe my emotional reactions when I first came face to face with the indisputable evidence of Nazi brutality against the Jews and ruthless disregard of every shred of decency. Up to that time, I had known about it only generally or through secondary sources. I am certain, however, that I have never at any other time experienced an equal sense of shock. I visited every nook and cranny of the camp because I felt it my duty to be in a position from then on to testify at first hand about these things in case these ever grew up at home, the belief or assumption that the stories of Nazi brutality were just propaganda. Some members of the visiting party were unable to go through with the ordeal. I not only did so, but as soon as I returned to Patton's headquarters that evening, I sent communications to both Washington and London urging the two governments to send instantly to Germany a random group of newspaper editors and representative groups from the national legislatures. I felt the evidence should be immediately placed before the American and British publics in a fashion that would leave no room, no room for cynical doubt. Now, we have propagandists in this country from the Defense Department to the State Department to the White House. Highly paid, Admiral Kirby, Nick Price, Jen Psaki, and others. And now generals who are part of the propaganda. Do you think George Patton or Omar Bradley or the top general, George Marshall, would leave American citizens in enemy territory under any circumstances or conditions? America. 
Okay, we have a lot to talk about. No, 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 not really. Not, not really, because there's really a, a whole lot to talk about. What I'm going to talk about is this. We're going to talk about propaganda again. Yes, I know, my favorite subject. You probably, if you tune into my show... You're probably sitting there going, he's going to talk about propaganda again. I, I I can't help but to talk about propaganda because, as you heard from Laura Ingram and uh, the Marxist Mark Levin and, uh, well, no, the fascist, I'm sorry, um, Mark Levin, the great one, you know, Sean Hannity's best buddy, pal, buddy, buddy, buddy. And, uh, of course, Tucker the motherfucker. Carlson. Is it Carlson? Tucker Carlson? Yeah, it's Tucker Carlson. I can't remember his last name. I just know it's Tucker the motherfucker. That's all I ever really call him. I don't don't even pay attention really anymore. Laura Ingram. Uh, You know how I feel about the poster child for white supremacy. I'm sorry, poster girl for white supremacy everywhere. You know how I feel about these people. I think I make it abundantly clear. That's why I even do this show. I am basically the anti-propagandist propagandist. (sighs) Okay, I'm just going to say a few things, okay? First of all, what Mark Levin just did there, if you paid attention, he tried to correlate the suffering of Jews during World War II to the suffering of a handful of Americans that may have been supposedly left behind by the Biden administration. I don't know about you, but I find this a whole little bit uh, hysterical. They don't even know the number of the Americans we may have left behind. And as you heard from Laura Ingraham, there were multiple, multiple, multiple occasions where Americans should have left before we even began evacuating people. We were giving this notification out for how long before we even attempted to start the withdrawal. So it it only begs the the question, since we haven't really heard from anybody that's still over there, how many people did we actually leave behind or how many people decided to choose to stay behind? And from what I understood, a lot of people went and left Afghanistan via other avenues of leaving besides the cabal airport but here we are we have fox news totally totally just making this seem so much further uh from reality than it really was to begin with of course you know they're 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 playing this up and making it into this horrible heartless democrat catastrophe we're all just heartless evil doers we don't care about americans and uh, Joe Biden is apparently our leader of evil doing, and uh, he doesn't like Americans either, so he, that's why he left. I mean, come on! This is the propaganda of the right. This is how they function. This is how they work. This is what they do. I mean, it's just, you listen to this shit. I'm not even talking about Tucker Carlson's whole vaccine thing, but, I mean, let's let's think about what they're arguing about. Okay, he's trying to compare abortion to getting a vaccine. No, 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 no. It's all about your body, your choice, your body, your choice. Well, yeah, but th- this is true. 
but an abortion really doesn't affect anybody else besides the two people that have anything to do with the abortion, the mother and the father of the child. It may affect uh, alternate reality, I mean, alternate family members, sorry. Other family members might be affected by grandparents, oh, I, you know, whatever. But ultimately, it comes down to a choice of a woman and her body for talking about abortion. It's between her, herself, her physician, and like he said, God, if she believes in God. These are her choices as a human being. She has to suffer the consequences. I'm against abortion. I'm totally against abortion. I do not agree with abortion. But I also agree that I have no right to tell a woman what she can and can't do with her fucking uterus. Now, my wife is totally against abortion, and, and I'm against abortion in all different senses, other than, you know, I don't think it should be used as a form of birth control, of course. That's fucking disgusting. But I think people have a right to make a choice whether or not they're going to give birth or not. But I don't think you should be waiting until the last trimester to make that decision. I think you should have a window of opportunity to make that decision, and you should be... I, I'm, I'm sorry, some people are going to disagree with this. I think there should be some sort of record kept. How many times you were allowed to have a fucking abortion? Um, it demonstrates your inability to be responsible as a human being. For one. For two, I don't think people should be allowed to, to pull that shit off. I don't think it's right in any way, shape, or form. But I have no right to decide what a woman does with her body. So... I can disagree all I want. I can say everything I want to say against abortion. At the end of the day, it's really between a woman and her conscience. And that, I will have nothing to do with. So if a woman decides to make that decision, it's her choice. If you're against it, you know, you can be like me. You can be totally against it too. But you have to recognize the fact that you have no fucking right to tell a woman what she can and can't do with her body. So, disagree about it all you want. Don't like it. Too bad. That's the way I look at it. I mean, I, I'm sorry. But when he tried to use... I, I mean, I, I recorded those three fucking assholes for a reason. I, I recorded Laura and Mark and Tucker for a reason. This is an ex, These are prime examples of very well-paid propagandists, which I found funny. That Mark Levin just happens to mention a bunch of people that are supposedly well-paid propagandists after he just announced that he sold a million copies of his useless, worthless, jargon-filled, crazy-ass book. Now, you want to talk about well-paid propagandists. Hannity, Mark Levin, Tucker Carlson, Lori Ingram, all make an exuberant amount of money, all own exuberant fucking properties... They get book deals like every fucking year. You wonder why. And they sell a million copies. Yeah. $29, $32 a pop probably. They're getting a presenter. You want to talk about well-paid? Who the fuck keeps giving these assholes book deals and buys a million copies when the first week it's fucking put out? I mean, it's very easy to imagine people buying copies of books to make sure that these assholes are getting paid. And I'm not talking about customers buying a book. Oh, I can't wait to own that Mark Levin book. I'm talking about it being purchased some other way. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Number one bestseller. Are you fucking kidding me? How the fuck did your book become a number one bestseller? 
Are we going to keep hiding behind this scam? You didn't get that fucking book deal because you're a great author. You barely, they, these people barely even write their own books. There are literally offices full of fucking people that write these books for other people with a busy lifestyle. You think Sean Hannity has time to sit down and write? You think that Mark Levin fuck has time to sit down and write a book? Really? Woman in his free time? While he's trying to fuck America up sideways and, and backwards and forwards with his propaganda and lies and bullshit? You think he has time to actually write a book? You think any of these assholes have time to write a book? You think Tucker Carlson has time to write a book? Janine Piero? These are all getting paid through these book deals. That's all this is. This is getting paid through book deals. You want to talk about well-paid propagandists? Why don't you start looking at Sean Handy, Mark Levin, and all the rest of these assholes? Glenn Beck and the, and the such. You want to talk about well-paid propagandists? Look at the people they hire after they leave the political world. Yeah, Kelly McVane and Delaney, whatever the hell her fucker name is. Look who they hire right after they leave the political world. You want to talk about well-paid propagandists? These people are out to destroy this country. Literally. All while waving a flag of patriotism and saying, we love America. Little Sean Hannity's little, my heart was just broken. You don't give a flying fuck about these people. Are you fucking kidding me? What, is Sean Hannity going to go fly to fucking Afghanistan and try to find him? No. He's going to put on his little black tube socks, put his feet up in his fucking house, smoke his crack or whatever the fuck he does. He doesn't give a fuck about you people. He doesn't give a fuck about anybody in Afghanistan. You know what that fucking guy gives a shit about? His ratings and his money. And however it takes to keep both of them coming in at a high level. I mean, look, look how friendly he was with fucking uh, Trump. I mean, that, that's propaganda. Who, who are you going to go to if you want to spread your propaganda? Who, who, who are you going to use? I ain't going to just keep posting shit on Twitter. No, you're going to use the biggest propagandist of them all. And that's exactly what Tucker Carlson and, and Sean Hannity are. And that's why you've got people like, you know, our loser-ass piece of shit, once upon a time president, Donald Trump, wanting to be on Hannity all the time. Because he knows who they reach what level they reach them at. What kind of people actually tune into their shit? And if you tune into this shit, there is probably a good 50-50 chance that you tune into their shit. I don't know. I, I just know that their shit's a lot worse than this shit. Because my shit's not that bad. Because I'm just rambling. I'm just saying what I gotta say. But I work in the same, pretty much in, this, uh, in, the, in the same ethros of, of what they're doing. But I'm not doing it to harm America. I'm doing it to open people's minds and get them to realize this, these fucking people are the well-paid propagandists that Mark Levin just tried to fucking call out. These are the well-paid propagandists. These are the criminals of the media, the criminals of journalism. None of them are actually practicing journalism. They're practicing idealism and an ideology, and they're spreading it. How you should feel, how you should act, what you should know, what you shouldn't know, what you should think, how you should react to these things. Listen to how Laura Ingram opened her whole thing. Look look at how they represent an opinion. An opinion is just an opinion. The sky is a nice azul. And that's blue. No, I'm calling it azul. It looks, no, 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 no. That's blue. No, no, it's azul. It's an opinion. It's a very nice uh, baby blue color. 
powder baby blue. That's the color of the sky right now, powder baby blue. That's my opinion, right? You might look at it and say, well, it's more of a grayish blue, but okay. All right, well, we don't have, our opinions are different. Great. But your opinion, in my opinion, although they're different, doesn't mean that everybody else should have the same opinion. And when you listen to Fox News and you listen to Sean Andy, Mark Levin, Tucker Carlson, Oliver Ingraham, all these assholes and asswipes, when you listen to these people, it's exactly what they're telling you, how to feel and what your opinion should be. This is Danger Close, USA, Angry, Pissed Off, American Podcast Radio. Be right back. thinking, you know, it's really important for people to come to the same conclusion when it comes to the difference between propaganda and journalism. I mean, I'm not trying to, like, dictate what you should think, of course. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is there is a fine line drawn in the sand between sharing the news with the world and sharing your opinion of the news. I don't think opinion should be allowed to be categorized as journalism. I don't think they should be intercombined. And unfortunately, yeah, it happens on both sides of the fence. I'm not saying the left is immune to the ability of propaganda because they do have propaganda, but it's not like the propaganda on the right you look at the propaganda on the right, it's an argumentative propaganda. It's a negative propaganda. It's a mindset. It's an ideology. It's not the news. It's not information. It's not sharing what happened in another place at another time reported by somebody. It's sharing someone's own opinion about what occurred somewhere at another time being reported by somebody. You don't get to have them both ways, but the propagandist machines on the right do. They do keep it both ways. It's misrepresenting news. It's misrepresenting fact. It's misrepresenting reality. When all you're doing is telling people how to feel and think about something else other than just the news. 
And that's why I get so hell-bent, and that's why this show even exists. It's because you watch it and listen to it. By God, it's, it's like the news. It's just like the news. But it's not the news. Like, Newsmax is not the news. I'd say 90% of the shit that they put on Newsmax, if not more, 98%, fuck, I don't know, I'm not a statistic kind of guy, but I guarantee you the vast percentage of what Fox, or, uh, sorry, Newsmax puts out is purely 150% opinion in propaganda, nothing else. But they disguise it so well as the news that it's actually extremely detrimental to people. People believe everything that they read and they see on Fox News to the point where they're just repeating it. Like parrots. Well-trained, fucking furry little fucking parrots. Furry. Featherly. Whatever. The point I'm trying to make is plain and simple. I repeat it all the time. I keep saying it. And I'm going to keep saying it because it's important. It's, It's utterly fantastically important that people understand the difference between telling the news and, and, and spreading an ideology and that's exactly what the fuck is the difference here and that's why I recorded those three fucking people talking because it's that insane that they're even allowed to be on the air you're, you're allowed to express your opinion, absolutely fuck, I do it all the time listen to my podcast, I don't think I should be censored because it's my opinion, I don't do the news I don't disguise it, you don't see fucking banners saying news alert across the bottom of your fucking screen, because there is no screen it's just me, my voice, and I but when you start putting banners up, when you start making it look official, when you disguise opinion as news that's when you start leading your way into the the world of criminality the world of, of Joseph Goebbels that people use that name, they use Nazism. Listen, listen to that Mark Levin comparison to what happened in Afghanistan to World War II prison camps. Are you fucking insane? But see, I think a lot of these high-paid propagandists like Mark Levin strike these chords of absolute stupidity just, just for the fucking attention. You think he really believes everything he said in that fucking minute and a half of, of time there? It was well <laughs> rehearsed before he got on here. He had to read it. He brought a picture from his office to show everybody. I got a picture. Look, I got a picture. of These people may have been great leaders of their time. We all know Patton wasn't the greatest leader either. I would love to see Mark Levin work in his military. I'm sure he would have fit just right the fuck in. Right? And we're talking about General Patton, the guy who walked up to U.S. soldiers that were suffering from basically war, slapping them across the face and telling them to snap out of it because they were fucking bombed, or what do you call it, shell-shocked. Yeah, Patton was a great fucking guy. He just, you know, took a piss in the Rhine River to show everybody his penis. I mean, I, I, yeah, he was a macho man. Tobacco chewing, cigar smoking, hero of, of, of World War II. General Patton was probably a, a, a great guy, but I don't think he really cared for the black people in his military. Isn't that correct? Um, there wasn't a whole lot of love um, from Patton about the idea of black servicemen. 
And if I remember correctly, Patton pretty much represented a, a period in time in America when racism was probably at one of its all-time highs. So it's awfully funny. Of course, Mark Levin, who I I I compare him to. If you want to talk about a Nazi per librarian, like some sort of Nazi librarian or something, I mean that, that is the Mark Levin. He's a he, he, that guy works his listeners with psychology. I mean he he, he works them. I mean he, he reprimands them. I've actually listened to shows where he's actually cussed, not cussed but reprimanded his listeners because they're not acting on the things he had to say. Telling them how upset they should be and they're not upset enough. See, that's, that's what I mean when, I'm, when I say that these propagandists use psychology. It's exactly what it was. It was pure, utter psychology. Reverse psychology, even. I mean, how does that work? And he has the audacity to call out these people as well-paid propagandists not even 30 seconds after admitting to the fact that he sold a million copies of a piece of shit book that he should have never got a fucking book contract for in the first place. If you ever read anything from Mark Levin, it's, it's, you know, it's definitely coffee table worthy, but not bookshelf worthy. I would definitely use it for more of a coaster and then mop up a spilt drink before I would actually consider that any form of real good American literature. But that's what we get when we take men like Mark Levin, who appeal to the old generation, the old boomers, the old Eisenhower and Patton lovers. It's great. History is great. I love history. You should really understand the history behind these fucking characters before you start saying, oh, gee, uh, this, this guy, my name's Mark Levin, and General Patton was the best, best general that ever was. He'd never leave anybody behind. Maybe he might have left some black soldiers behind, but that's okay, because that was the way it was back in, back in 1930, fucking three. It's fucking 2021, you fucking moron. Do we have to go back that far into fucking history to find a fucking example that will appeal to anybody in my generation, you asshole? No, because people like Mark Levin and Newsmax and the consortium of the propagandists they are prey on the elderly. Of course, Mark Levin is going to pull Patton out of his ass. Who do you think even knows who fucking Patton is anymore? You want to appeal to the right crowd? Use the right fucking propaganda. Use the right media. And that's exactly what he did. You know what crowd he's appealing to? The old fucking people that are sitting there going, I... I you know, I, uh, 82 years old, I, you know, I, I, yeah, Levin's right. He's ab- absolutely right, Tuesday. Yeah, I'm just saying, this is a fucking horrible invitation of a, you know, um, I think that uh, Biden character that he's, uh, he, you know, a little old. He's as old as I am. But boy, I sure like that Trump because he doesn't take any cuff from anybody. Oh, golly, I... My hemorrhoids acting up. Oh, can someone get me a pill? Because I'm starting to have that... That flushed feeling in my lower extremities again. At 78 years old, it just gets a little tougher. That's why I quit mowing the lawn. 
Mark Levin's right. Oh, God. I would just love to just spend five minutes with that man. I'm going to call him up tomorrow. I'm going to invite him over for dinner because I need my oxygen. I'm rambling. I'm going off the deep end. I am apologizing right now. But at the same time, I'm not because I think it bears to be repeated over and fucking over again. These people target certain generalized categories of human beings. They target them. Newsmax preys on the elderly. Fox News, they prey on anybody in their early fucking mid-20s to your fucking late 40s, 50s, 60s. I don't know. They prey to anybody malinformed. They prey on anybody that's fucking uneducated or doesn't have the ability to fucking question shit. Doesn't have the fucking intestinal fortitude to go, well, I don't know about that, but Okay, if you say so, Tucker. This is the America we live in where these people can spread ideology disguised as news. That's fact. Well, Joe Biden is just doing a horrible job. You know how I know? Because Doug Carlson told me last night, and Laura Ingram, she put this thing up, and God damn, she was right about everything she said. She's right. She's right. We should all hate him. We should hate anybody that's a Democrat. They all should go to hell. And it's not just the words that they use, it's also their persona, the way they carry themselves, the verbiage, the tone behind the verbiage. They may be talking nicely about something and it still sounds like they're angry. Reminds me of a lot of a language that people use in Russia. It's called Russian. You ever listen to, there's only like two languages in this world that I think is actually beautiful. French is fucking gorgeous. You ever listen to someone talk French? Especially a woman. Oh my God! Spanish, fucking gorgeous. You ever hear, you ever had a, a gorgeous woman talk to you in Spanish? Say something fucking hot to you in Spanish? Fucking my God! Okay. And then there's other languages that are not so pretty. Russian, my friend, is a lot like German. It sounds like an angry, pissed off person. No matter how you fuck, you could be talking about the most glorious day of your entire life, and it would sound like you hate the world. Especially German. I don't speak German, but it's not the most beautiful language. I'm sure you'll agree. And, and you can say the same about Russian. It's not exactly the most beautiful. Of course, I've never had a Russian woman talk to me. Of course, I'm married. I don't have women talk to me at all. But I never had a Russian woman actually talk to me sexually or sensually or anything like that. And I don't know why I'm using this for a comparison as far as how languages sound beautiful. I just think, you know, when a woman says something in a language and it sounds beautiful, okay, and there's some languages that, you know, I'm sorry, Hebrew is just not very beautiful. It doesn't even sound good. I'm nothing against Hebrew, you know, don't take it the wrong way. Just saying, if you ever heard anybody in Hebrew sing Hebrew, it's not the most beautiful sounding language in the world. Okay, I'm just being honest. Okay. And the same thing applies to the tone, the undertone, and how they carry themselves, their persona of these characters on Fox News. They may be talking about something, and it's the tone they set. They watch you angry. Don't you even, I mean, I'm sorry, but don't these people that watch this stupid ass shit, don't they ever go, God, she's angry tonight. 
Laura Ingram is just so angry. I don't understand why. God. And I joined white supremacies because I just, I like the wardrobe. I can say supremacy and I don't sound gay. That's the thing. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I think you get the gist of it, okay? It's the tone. It's the language. It's not just the verbiage, the actual words that they're using. It's the tone that they set. It's the tone they set. It's all just so angry and pissed off. Well, kind of like me, but at least you know that I'm angry and pissed off. I'm not just acting that way. And then when the camera's cut, I'm back to fucking eating my Slim Jim and going, I wonder if Sean's going to have some cocaine tonight there, huh? Gutman, huh? What do you think, huh? You gonna go see Hannity? Uh, let's go see Hannity. I bet you we can do a couple lines real quick between commercials. Let's go. All right, go, go, go. I don't know if that's how it actually works, but I do know that in the upper echelons of what they do, there is a lot of drug use. Okay, I mean, just let's just be honest about it. Hannity is so pasty. I, I would say that he probably burns through a lot of cocaine. If he's not doing cocaine, he used to do cocaine. Cocaine. He's not doing cocaine, and he never did cocaine, and he still looks like someone who does cocaine. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. He, he looks like he's just so fucking tired, but my God, if you give me a bump right now, I can continue on for at least another 45 minutes to an hour. I mean, I wonder if they had to, like, cart him off stage or draw a line to the fucking limo and fucking white chalk. Okay, and it's time to go. Okay, let's go. Come on, I gotta go. Fuck you, Levin. I gotta go. Great one, my ass. <clears throat> I'm trying to be comical. Uh, I hope you understand. That I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to be a little comical. Just trying to be a little funny. But it's really the undertone, and it's the way they carry themselves, the persona, everything, and all combined together. If you listen to anything that these people say, and how they say it. It's, it's just insane that they're allowed to continue to be on the air, that they're allowed to continue to do this. It's not the fucking news. This is not journalism. Journalism is telling you the fucking news, not telling you how to feel and think and how you should act about the news. That's propaganda. And propaganda right now, right fucking now, propaganda is just going off the deep end. Trying to bury Biden in this artificial chamber of just the worst president ever since Trump. I mean, that's really what they're trying to do. And, and, and it's, 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 it definitely works. It works on the MAGA crowd. They eat that shit up. Oh, that goddamn dementia ridden fuckwad. I bet you he thinks two plus two equals crayon. I would rather have a dementia ridden fuckwad as president than some fucking Whatever the fuck Donald Trump is, I don't even have the words to fucking summarize how I feel about this pathetic slob of a human being. That's close. Let's let's try that again. Okay, here's a contest for you. If, you, if you've made it this far in my show and you're still listening, congratulations. Uh, don't know why you're here, but we're having competition, okay? Simple. Simple competition. If you go to the Anchor app where you find me on Anchor or whatever, leave me a message, okay? Send me a message. No, fuck that. Don't say, I don't want to talk to you people. All right, so listen. <laughs> We're going to have a contest. We're going to have a contest 
of the most profanity-laden description of Donald Trump possible. That's the contest. I want profanity. I want it to be descriptive. I want it to be nasty, mean, and, and disturbing. I, I wanted to summarize him perfectly and not leave a foul taste in your mouth. Just go, yep, you are correct with what you just said, even though it was some of the most horrible language ever spoken on the face of the planet. It describes him perfectly. That's what I'm looking for. So, therefore, that is the contest. If anybody wants to take part in it, it's as simple as recording yourself with your phone on your little recording app, if you have one, whatever. Record yourself on your phone and send me the MP3 or file of your recording to sharpchefjeff at gmail.com. That's sharp, as in a knife, Jeff, because that's what I am, was, not anymore, and Jeff, because that's my fucking name. So, sharpchefjeff at gmail.com. If you do that, if you do that, I will play it on my show tomorrow for my next show. So, if you made it this far, there's the competition. I don't think I'm going to have any contestants, but that's okay. I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to go first, okay? I'm going to describe Donald Trump using the uh, most profane, profane language humanly possible. Donald Trump is a giant dildo fuckwad shitbag of ignorance and stupidity. Okay. That's, I pulled that out of my head. Donald Trump is the biggest dildo fuckwad bag of stupidity and shit. Uh, I, it's the best thing I can do, okay? I, you've heard me before. Donald Trump is a giant flaming shit bag of flaming fuckwads. Okay. All right. I'm losing my edge here. So I'm going to let you people do it. If you're still here and you're tuned in and you're listening still, 21 minutes and, oh, sorry, 40-something. I don't know how fucking long I've been on this fucking phone. Jesus Christ. Excuse my language. All right. I just turned down here. So anyways, where was I? I don't even fucking... I got neighbors, and they're doing weird shit. It's like they're getting into someone's house. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Welcome to Redneck Land. Redneck Land! I, I love it here, don't get me wrong. I talk a lot of shit about rednecks. I really do, and it's because I've met so many of them here, and they're so hate-filled, and they hate black people, hate Mexicans, hate everybody. Fucking the only people that belong here are their white tribe. I've actually listened to this, and I've lived in it, and I've had to deal with it, and that's why I do this show, because I'm probably the only fucking guy within 10 square fucking miles of where I live that feels the way I feel. See, in my America, we only fly one flag, the American flag. We don't fly the Trump flag, because that's a piece of shit flag. doesn't represent anything but one fucking douchebag. See? See how that works? So anyways, yeah, if you like to take part in a competition, all you gotta do is record yourself calling Donald Trump out for what he is in the most wonderful language that you can pull out of your keister. All right, so sharpchefjeff at gmail.com. Send me your best recording. It can be as long as you want. I don't care. It could be five minutes fucking long. I will play it. Cruising along. Almost home. No, but 
the meaning of the show was to combat combat what I saw from the right, the propaganda from the right, the extremism from the right. That's why I do the show. That's why I'm doing it right now. That's why you're listening to my voice. And when I listen to people like Tucker Carlson or Mark Levin or Sean Hannity or Laura Ingram or Jean Pierre Yario or any of these fucking flaming bags of shit, I like to remind myself that, you know, there needs to be a voice saying exactly what needs to be said. And I speak up when I need to speak up. You have something to say, douchebag? My piece. I, I really. I'm sorry. Some douchebag got behind me. That's actually my neighbor. After everything I just, I just said, was talking about, and then he got up on my ass, and I'm turning down my driveway, and he gets right up on my ass. And I haven't even met this guy yet. He's only moved in, I think, like three months ago. Hasn't even taken the time to come over and introduce himself or anything. It seems like a real douchebag. So uh, I'm hoping that when I get out of the car, he has something to say because he was riding my ass really hard. And I don't know why. Could be fun.
Hello, family. Hello, uh, wife. Who's that? Me. When'd you take that picture? When I first got my wigs, like two years ago. Let's see. It's on my Facebook. Oh, wow, you look really nice. <laughs> I found your picture. If you'll give me that for a oh, second. Oh, you did? I, yes. For the atomic wallet? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Well, I don't know if it's atomic, but where'd it go? What? You.